Yes, I do. I believe that one day I will be where I was, right there, right next to you. And it's hard. The days just seem so dark. The moon and the stars are nothing without you. Your touch, your skin. Where do I begin? No words can explain the way I'm missing you tonight. This emptiness, this hole that I'm inside. These tears, they tell their own story. Told me not to cry when you were gone. But the feelings overwhelm me. It's much too. Good morning, and welcome to the show. We start today with a special one-on-one with Christina Noble, MBE. The Christina Noble Children's Foundation is an international partnership of people dedicated to serving children in need of emergency and long-term medical care, nutritional rehabilitation, educational opportunities, and to protect children at risk of economic and sexual exploitation. In the past 25 years, the foundation has reached around a million children and families in Vietnam and Mongolia. The inspiration and powerhouse behind the foundation is Mama Tina, as fondly called by the children. Christina Noble, MBE, and I caught up with her last week here in Dubai. An inspiring conversation, I think you'll find, but also some might find parts of the discussion distressing with regards its content. I began by asking Christina why she's here in the UAE. I'm here in Dubai to get support. You see, what I mean by support is, um, if I could put my hands in your pocket, I might get some dodge. I need support as far as needs go, for the children to continue our work, for the kids who most desperately need our help. Well, the Christina Noble Foundation is well known here in the UAE, uh, the, the Emirates Airline, yeah. Rugby Sevens, and I was recently in Mongolia, regular listeners know that, I was there with Golf for Good, and I uh, obviously heard about you and your work, but I really came to my attention when we headed out into the outskirts of Ulaanbaatar and to the Blue Skies Gare village. And I met your grandson, Tom, and Lucy there. And I was absolutely struck by the children and the lives that they, not only they were leading, because there was a lot of love in the Blue Skies mm. uh, Gare village, but where they'd come from. And many of these children mm. have been living on the street. They'd been living on rubbish dumps. They'd been orphaned or they mm. couldn't be with their parents various reasons so tell me a little bit about the blue skies gare village i was out there in early 1997 i think it was and um having seen the children living down the manholes on the streets in 40 degrees below zero and the conditions they were down there in and uh, the state of of the malnutrition and and scabs and the head and all teeth rotten and all kinds of stuff that you know that kind of life brings with it um i said to myself i have to do something and do it very fast and that was the beginning of the gear village how was i going to get a land in a country i didn't really know i didn't know at all actually and some people thought i was nuts going out there anyway but um i i just went around and around and around in a cab in a, a car you know and uh, i i came across this land was quite far out and there was a mountain and um i wanted to i wanted to feel something you know how mothers are 
we're very instinctive, aren't we? We kind of know, and women are, you know. I asked Dr. Uh, uh, I forget, Dr. Burchett, can I call you, because I won't remember your name. I didn't mean that disrespectfully, but he was very excited about me calling him Doc. I said, I call you Doc, okay. But he, I'm saying that because that was the silly introduction, you know. And uh, he took me out. Uh, I said, see that mountain over there? And I pointed to the mountain. I said, I want to go up there. I said, just there. That's where I want to go. And I think I'll kind of know. So I went to the mountain. Because you know what a mountain, you could see all around the city. You could see. It's hard to explain it, you know. I would get some sense of understanding how big the city is or what's outside of the city you know it was on a mountain and uh off i went up the mountain and um i saw this white roundy thing further down and way out i said what's those little white roundy things he said they're gears and what's a gear he said oh it's how mongolian people live i said oh is it now and what about the kids down in the manholes why can't they live in a gear well he said for many reasons, they probably run away. They probably uh, are naughty, and they don't go home. There's uh, orphans, maybe, or they run away from the countryside because of starvation. So there was many, many things, reasons why. I said, okay, I'm going to build a gear village for them then. He said, impossible to do. I said, impossible. Now, because you're at the saying that, I'll show you that everything is possible. I said, he said, how? I said, I don't know. He said, you know, some foreigner came before, they say something, they say, oh, we come back to help children. And I said, no, don't talk to me about other people, I'm just going now, I have to, I won't stay. But before I go, I have to look for a piece of land. And I did. And he, he, he said to me, I think you will come back. I said, I will. I said, how much is a gear? I think at that time it was about five or six hundred. They've gone up now to one and a half grand or two grand or something. But that time it was around that price. This is what, in dollars or pounds? Dollars. But if you have to get the furniture, it's extra on the floor. I mean, you know. But it's a home. It's a proper home. To do it properly, you have to put everything in the stove, the beds, a place for the kids to study, the fridge. You have to do it properly. The heat, you know, everything has to be done correctly. I said, I'm going to take a big risk. I said to him, looking down, and then I looked straight at him. I'm going to take a big risk. I'm going to give you some money. Now, this money I'm giving you is my very own money that I have saved up, and I don't get much money, I said. I do not earn much money. But it's money I have saved up because of my health. And I have to go abroad, the doctors told me, okay, which at the time was true. But I'm going to give you that. Will you get me? And I'm going on my fingers. Okay, say fine, say another three, four, say, say, okay, the worst. I'll say eight or nine, no, I better say nine. And I'm going nine, eighteen, eighteen. That's two 18s, 18, 18, 18 8, 9, 16, 1, 2, 3, 36. Now, this is the truth. 
360, isn't it? And it goes on and on. So I said, come to say a couple of grand's worth. Say get three grand's worth. Get me three grand's worth. That's the maximum I can do. Now, between you and me, I said, Doc, I think you can get them a lot cheaper because you're Mongolian. And I think you can get the furniture in and the fridge in and the cooker in and the flooring in and the best covers in. I've got that feeling. You can do all of that. Maybe you can get six, you know, do you get me? Maybe six, seven. I say, you do that for me. And it won't be in vain, I said. It won't be in vain. I'm trusting you because if you rob it, it's, I'm the loser. Myself and I have nothing. Zero. And um, it was a big chance. I, w I wouldn't do that. I don't think I've ever done that before. And I don't think I've ever done it again. But he didn't let me down. He said... But if you buy this and we get all these made, where are we going to put them? Ah, I said, don't worry, I'm going to find that as well before I go. Now, found you, we know what we want, right? Now, I'm going to meet you in a few hours, but I want you to take me where all these districts are. So he took me, Sunken Harem District. So I went there and I looked. And uh, I said, mate, Jesus, you can put on up here. God, you die up here, TB and everything. Oh, I said, no, keep driving, keep going, keep going. Keep. Then I found this patch of green grass and a kind of green mountain behind it. I said, who would I see about that? The mayor, the mayor of Sunken Harp. Take me to him. It took me, a, I suppose it took me a few weeks, but I wouldn't give up, you know. I wouldn't give up, I wouldn't give up, I wouldn't give up. Stay with me when I come back, hear more of the story of Christina Noble, her life, the hardship, and how her capacity to love meant she never gave up on the children. Christina Noble, MBE, is the founder and driving force behind the Christina Noble Foundation, with the tagline, giving children back their childhood. Her passion for children's rights stems from her own tough upbringing, having been separated from her siblings and put into an orphanage and told her siblings were dead. Suffering abuse, she ended up living on the streets, often suffering physical and emotional trauma. Her life story was recently documented on Irish TV, in a house that ceased to be, and a movie, Noble, which premiered this year. Speaking to me last week here in Dubai about her work and saving children, I asked Christina what spurred her on to keep going when things were often dangerous and really, really hard. I wouldn't give up because I believed in the children. I couldn't walk away and leave them like that. Not because I'm a saint, and I'm the opposite to all that, because I lived a life similar in the park, in the freezing cold. I knew all about it, and I also had no mob and eventually no dad and I was also left separated from my brothers and sisters for after we were split up for 
to be back together again. It was about 40, 45, 47 years. So uh, I understand their pain and their suffering. I, I didn't want them to grow up feeling they were alone. So I had to create something that was family orientated with brothers and sisters and um, that they could support and love each other and go to school. And even though it's tough trying to find money for the, um, for the universities, you know, and the books and the place for them to live, uh, that costs a lot of money and that's a big headache because we don't get any government funding anywhere in the world. It's a hard note to crack when you've got the health care to do as well. You could say, well, doesn't the government help you? Uh, well, they let me have the bit of land, didn't they? And um, they, they haven't told me out. They, they, they do respect me now. They took them a long time to get to know me. And you can understand that too. I'm in someone else's house, you know. And the Blue Skies Gare Village, through a lot of challenge did become this village and you yeah. have brought children off the streets into an environment where they're safe, they get fed, they have shelter, they have water and they have some education and when I was there, as I said, what struck me, there is love in this space. Oh, big love. Big love, big love, but nevertheless... They need help. Mm. Children on this planet, just hearing that is opening up a window to people mm. around to see in around the world and realise that there are children on this planet that are hungry, that mm. don't have parents, or if they might have parents, but there might be abuse, mm. that are living on the street, that are struggling. Now, Can I just tell you a story about a seven-year-old boy? I think that will give your listeners... Um, uh, an understanding of why I couldn't walk away. He was seven years old. He was on the Ice River, under the bridge on the Ice River, in 40, nearly 50 below. I had a tendency to go look under ice rivers. I have a tendency to look and check all, all the manholes. I have a tendency to go down to train stations because I know where kids hide out. I know the story, put it that way, on a personal level. And um, I found a little boy, this boy, seven-year-old, and he had cut his wrist. And he cut all himself, and the blood was flowing everywhere. And uh, he, uh, and I asked him, you know, I was with Professor Kenny. I asked him why. I took him, grabbed him, you know, I held him, I just said, why, 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 you know, your baby, you know, he said, the life too hard, seven years old, the life too hard, and while we can turn our backs or whatever, it doesn't have to be always war, you know, that causes pain and suffering, and these sickos that go around killing and maiming people and children. It's about recognition from each other for the children, about saying we are a part, they are a part of us, whether we're mother or father or whoever we are, doesn't matter, black, boy, pink, blue, who cares? We're, they are a part of humanity and a part of this world we're living in. We should help them. We should help them. Even if small, it doesn't have to be big because people do struggle very hard.
very hard for their own living. Just a little bit, if you can help us, you know. Because um, I'm just going to tell you the hardest thing is to walk away. I can't, I can't, my, my grandson is there, Thomas. He's a beautiful person, and Lucy, and they get very little. You cannot walk away. I can't turn my back on children, boys, girls, 10-year-old pregnant. How can you turn your back on a 10-year-old giving birth to a child? And that's reality. How do you walk away? How do you walk away with twins both being so badly abused they're destroyed for life? Two little twins. How do you walk away? There's so much. How do you walk away? And uh, the kids getting stolen for their organs, for their skin, for all the different parts of their body, for the bone. They're vulnerable to everything. They're exploited, they're vulnerable and destroyed. So that's why I believe they're worth fighting for. You can't give up, Susan. I never give up. I'm 70, going on 71 now. And... You know, I still don't look too bad. I'm not going to say I do. I don't look great or anything. You can get a fella or anything like that. But I don't want a one anyway. I had to in my life. That was enough. I would give anything to help kids. Anything. And um, I, I, I have no problem going anywhere to help children. The biggest hurdle in this life is the bit, if you bob, you know, the money. The money. And the worst thing is that you know people... The general public are struggling as well. So just even a little bit, you know. So I always say, suppose a million people gave $2, that's $2 million, And that'll pay for this, that and the other. And that'll be enough for the X amount of years, you know what I mean? I'm going around in circles. I, I have this thing with kids that, I don't know, I can just turn them around. You can make a real change in their life, and that's what you've done. You've yeah. helped thousands of children. People wonder what the ethos is, the why. Why? The why is because I was separated from my brothers and sisters. We had eight initially. Two died. Six were left. Two brothers left different directions as well. We never saw them. They were very young. And then the four of us, the authorities got. We were separated into different institutions. And then um, we never, we were told each other was dead, you know. And then we never saw each other. And if some years and years and years later, somebody told me Andy was alive in Birmingham. And then he told me that he knows Sean was alive because he was told that he'd got on a truck and got a hitchhike to Germany. <laughs> and that was true. He was, Sean ran away apparently at 15. There's lots of things. But we never got together. We were never a unit. We, we never got together. You can never be the unit again. You can't get back those years you lost. We miss them. <laughs> we miss each other. <laughs> We really miss each other so much, all those years. It's like a shattered glass. It's like a glass that somebody just took it and smashed it in some of the rings. 
And I tried to pick that glass up as a little kid and put the bits back together. It could never happen. We're still trying now, because the first time in 53 years we were together, two months ago maybe, it was great. We had fun and we have the same movements for our hands and the way we talk, same facial expression, same laughs. But for some reason there's a, a real element of fear of coming together, of any kind of adhesion, uh, adhesive that might bring us together, closer, and then something I can strip it away. That's my feeling. I'm no psychologist, but that's my feeling. I think on a, a deep emotional level, very difficult, very difficult. And But I think the love has never stopped like a compass, you know that just points one Canada, the other one UK, the other one Texas, the other one me, wherever I might be in the world. You know, the love sort. I love them so much. And um, it's been a long old journey, at times a hard one, a very hard one, more than anybody will ever know. The work itself has been not easy by any standards. It's not only everything you have to fight for and everything you have to stand for. Every single thing you have to do. It's also and getting get money and everything else. It's also you get the odd ball, you know, gives you a bit of a hard time. Then you get another odd ball and you get the odd balls and you want to say You want to say to yourself, I'll give you a slap across the face or knock you out, knock you for six. But yet you can't even do that because you can't because that means you're hurting somebody and it's wrong, you know. But if only that negative energy was used to help others. That's all. No big deal about this, you know. Do you understand that? This is no big deal what I do. And I, I know they made a movie and this documentary thing, and you'll see something that you've never seen before. Never seen before. And it's honest, it's raw, it's tough, it's harrowing at times. But by God, it's real. By God, it's real and it's honest. And there's love. I'm telling you, there's love. Because of everything is taken away tomorrow. Everything, what I've got left, or what I have left, is knowing that behind me, I did it with love. And it's not always how much you do, it's how you do it. And I know it was with love and spirit, real spirit, and a real love. That's what penetrated the kids. That's what made them determined. It wasn't a fancy frock or this or that. It was that love, and the same for all the team that works with me, Dr. Nyon, uh, Miss Chin, all of the whole lot of them, and Agima, the psychologist, the young girl, and the whole team, and I'm so grateful to them. They watched my back for me. How imagine that now.
Last October, whilst visiting Mongolia with Golf for Good, I visited the Blue Skies Gare village, providing shelter and support for some of the street kids of Ulaanbaatar, saving them from a life of hunger, deprivation and threat of abuse. This project came about because of the strength and determination of one Irish woman with a huge heart, Christina Noble. I met Christina last week here in Dubai, and I knew that the story didn't begin in Mongolia, but in the late 1980s when Christina visited Vietnam. So what took her there in the first place? I had a dream about Vietnam. I know people find it hard to swallow, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I could have seen a glimpse of something on the telly, and that would have opened the world to me, the kids, the suffering, the horrors. And I would have, see, uh, with me, when I'd sleep, could have opened up my own life as well. Do you understand? Sleeping in the park, separated from my family, not knowing what was going to happen next. The fear, I remember in the dream, it was the fear on the faces that I could identify with that fear. I remember it well. I was terrified. Sometimes when I was out in the blackness and down the park, I made a den. It wasn't just sleeping on a nice bench or something like that. I made a den in the park. I had to get over this spiky rail thing. I used to be fighting. was going to stick in me. And I made a den. And it's still there, by the way. Big hole. I made a, like, a, like for an animal, where an animal would cover themselves up and live and try to be safe. So I understood the dream, except uh, all this smoke and uh, bombing stuff, red and I don't know. But it was the fear that took me to want to take the children's hands. <laughs> and when I went to Vietnam, eventually, so I couldn't go till my own kids were big enough to go to college and that and safe, you know. Because uh, you, you can't just leave your own kids and go and do that and then mess your own kids up. You'd be a bit of a fool. And I also had to do some work on myself, you know, and uh, therapy and counselling and that, which I did with Madeleine Etherington in Hazenmere. Briar's Cottage, just saying you're a great lady. You made a whole world of difference, and Dr. Sean O'Connell made a whole world of difference in understanding me, because I have my own way, like, you know, I do my own thing, say my own way, and I am a bit stubborn, I can't be kind of, I am probably called me a nonconformist in a lot of ways, do you know what I mean? A little bit, a, lot, a big, big bit, I'll say no more. I'll say massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so that that's the way I am, you see, and um, I I I want to make sure my kids are okay. And I, as soon as I realised all that, and I am so proud of all of them, my grandkids and everything, are the coolabulas, you know. But I did go to Vietnam, and I, uh, you know, I set my business up and everything called attaché catering services. Uh, I do have good ideas, you know, for the business thing. I wouldn't be great at the mathematics or something like that, you know. Or the words, you know how they use all these words. CEO, I didn't know what that was. I was asked that one. But, uh, so you're the CEO. I said, I know, I'm just Christina, you know. Well, I said, I don't understand what that word is. Everybody keeps saying that. What is a chief a CEO, chief executive officer? I said, but what is a chief executive officer? So I had to learn. I'm trying to tell people the truth. I don't want you to think I came here with big degrees or anything. I shut the business down. I hadn't got time for all that hanging around. I went to Vietnam, and um, I was a bit scared, you know, on the plane, on the aeroplane. A little bit. 
I hadn't a clue what I was walking into. I remember, and um, that dream was there. It was once you've lived that life yourself, you get this kind of. It's not a vision. It's a, it's a it's it's not that. And I uh, some call it a vision, you know. But it's like um, I may be only an Irish woman to act on something like that mad enough, crazy enough to go to the other part of the world where she doesn't know anywhere I did. I don't like numbers, by the way, because that doesn't mean anything. But I think for something so small with no support around me, no real knowledge except for one's own life and a determination and a love, a great love for humanity. Oh, great love. A big love always had it. Never took, nothing could take it away and for animals. So I, I could never give up. I never gave up as a child. I never gave up. I was tempted to quite a few times. I just couldn't do that. And the kids were just lovely, you know, little crunchers. Just much the little faces, oh, you little cruncher, yeah. And um, it wasn't a pretty bad state. Women with septic breasts and nowhere to go. So today we run the largest free clinic for the poorest of the poor in Ho Chi Minh City. It's the largest, the only, the only one, in fact, for the poorest of the poor people to come with their babies and their, their themselves, you know. We're looking at uh, hepatitis and we're looking at uh, malnutrition and heart dis- uh, disease and pulmonary problems so that we can then make the connection with the uh, French Heart Hospital or the, the Pediatric Hospital 1 or 2 if we pick up. There could be a danger of cancer, you know, because we work with all those hospitals. We also work with the international uh, team of surgeons for the... Uh, for all the big operations, teaching open heart surgery, that's the way forward. You know, not always doing it for them, teaching it, making it happen. And so we're, we're involved in a lot of things. And um, cancer, you know, children's cancer and all that sort of stuff. And uh, then we have the kids who, um, you know... I do usually one parent left, either father or mother, or they might have a granny or something. And um, there's a, there is some with no parents, but we're another adoption. We don't do adoption. We've never been involved in it. Don't ever want to get involved in. Not because I think it's bad, but because it's a side that we know nothing about. It's not what we know about. What do you believe in when you're in another- music <laughs> and singing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love music. I love singing. I love poetry. I wander lonely as a cloud that floats on high or vale and hill, when all at once I saw crowd a host of golden daffodils, beside a lake beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. I won't keep going on I love it. I love it. William Butler Yeats. Do you know Yeats? He was in London, you know, Yeats, working in London at one point, and uh, he went by the shop, and I had a a small waterfall in the window. And he said, um, he's, it reminded him of where he came from, which was in Sligo, I think it was in Ireland, where uh, he remembers the lake and the sound of the waters with low sounds by the shore and um, all of the different, uh, uh, the hills and the greenery and the whole glade of 
wildlife. And he said, um, I will arise and go now, and go to Inish Free, and a small cabin build there of clay and wattles made. Nine bean rows will I have there a hive for the honeybee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. There midnight owl a glimmer and noon a purple glow and evening full of the linnet's wing. I will arise and go now, for always night and day I hear lake waters lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway and on the pavement's grey, I feel it in the deep heart's core. William Butler Yeats. Thank you for that. The power of song, of poetry, to think, feel, escape and heal, and to draw the children closer to you. Stay with me. When I return, hear Christina talk about the legacy she hopes to pass on to future generations to come. The Christina Noble Foundation has been supported for 10 years alongside the Emirates Airline Dubai Rugby Sevens. There are offices in the UK, US, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, France and Hong Kong. There are a variety of projects you can support or get involved in, including the Give a Gare project in Mongolia and the Sunshine School and Medical Assistance Program in Vietnam. Christina has been acknowledged for her work across the globe and been awarded for her efforts towards humanity. You can read her books, Bridge Across My Sorrows, The Christina Noble Story, and Nobody's Child, A Woman's Abusive Past, and the inspiring dream that led her to rescue the street children of Saigon. At nearly 71 years of age, she's helped thousands of children and families, so I asked her what she hopes her legacy will be and the message she'd like to leave behind. I think the message home is to believe, to believe in yourself, to believe that you can help others, and not to think that nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. Maybe not everything is probable, but it's all possible. And I think that um, just know that we're all part of the same spirit. We are really, you know, we're all relatives. And even if you only help one, let's say one, okay? What a wonderful world. It sounds like a song, doesn't it? What a wonderful world this would be. It's not that easy for some people who are very sick and uh, who can't manage to get out. And they can help by supporting whoever they can in little letters or maybe little cards or something. But everybody needs help. The, one of the biggest problems I have is we have great people, we have lots of workers, <laughs> we don't have lots of money. That's the truth. And you can ask anybody who knows us, because we spend it. That's why we don't have it, because we spend it. Not on the family. You know, I use that word for reasons, but on the children, on the poorest of the poor, which is why we've been recognized throughout the world for our work by some of the great doctors and surgeons in the world, by the governments of those countries, the top, 
presidents, prime ministers, Ministry of Labour, Social Affairs, the same in Mongolia. But the most important people who have recognised this is the children. Because we've left something with them that money can't buy. We've left love, real love. And they know about being loved. And they know what a kiss on the head means, or a kiss on the cheek, and a scrunchy, and a hug and a squeeze till they just don't want you to say, go, no, not now, and they run, and they roar laughing, but they love it. That's what we've handed down, and to all our team, our staff, didn't do that one time, they'll do it now. That's the greatest legacy of all. Because that never dies, even if you've no money. That will still go on, because they'll never forget. They'll never forget, and they'll be able to sleep at night without fear, with a roof over their head, with food in their tummy, with water at hand. Protection, (laughs) because they'll forget. The biggest thing in the world is trafficking, sexual stuff, kids getting robbed. To, to, to for their fetus, for for babies, and, and, and the babies taken out and eaten for sexual power, would you believe? Yeah, you can call me a fool for being so honest, but it's a fact. It's a fact, and I just were, wish all of those who really know not be afraid to come out with the truth. But it's every every child's human right on this planet to be protected and feel safe and not to be violated and to be abused. Yeah, but you know what, Susan? You can talk like that till the cows come home, you know? If I was to tell you the times that I've said that, the times that you stand up, the times that you non-stop put it on paper, the times you beg and plead, the times the world knows it and everybody else in the world has said it, Every mother, every good mother, father, every aunt, uncle and grandmother, every sister and brother knows it and say it. But, you know, we don't have the ultimate power on earth, the ultimate power. We're not the rulers, but we can be the carers and the protectors and we can together be strong and stand up. Ask yourself one question. Where are we going? Where have we gone? Maybe is more like it. Where have we really gone from civilization? I don't know anymore. But I never give up. I'm hopeful. And I've seen nearly a million kids uh, in a about 300,000 of them families uh, have great choice and great opportunities and I've seen nearly a million kids because this woman, silly woman if you like, Irish woman acted on a dream that a lot of people think is silly but they wouldn't think that now certainly the kids who've grown up and gone to university and become great engineers doctors mechanics, painters, designers they don't think that I don't think that. Boys and girls. And the kids are loved deeply. They will be loved. That means they are going to love as well. 
you see, so that make two million, and then two million it make four. <laughs> I'm dreaming, aren't I? I dream, you know, I dream that this will all multiply, you see. Um, Thank goodness you do did dream. Did I sing a song for you? Sing another one. I'm just singing this one song, okay? I won't sing over all of it because it's, um, it's too long, right? My lonely prison wall I heard a young girl call Calling Michael They are taking you away For you stole Trevelyan's corn So the young might see them on And now the prison Ship lies waiting in the bay. Low lie the fields of Athenry, where once we watched the small free birds fly. Her love was on the wing. Have we dreams with songs to sing? It's so lonely around the fields of Athenry. My lonely prison wall, I heard a young man call, calling. Nothing, nothing matters, Mary. When you're free Against the famine And the cloud I rebelled They knocked me down Now you must Raise my child With dignity Lord The fields Of Athenry where once we watched the small free birds fly. Our love was on the wings, Lord, we dreams and songs to sing. It's damn lonely around the fields of Athenry. My lonely harbour wall, she watched the last hour falling As the prison ship sailed out against the skies Now she lives, she hopes, she prays For her lost love in Botany Bay It's damn lonely around the fields other than right. Oh, it's damn lonely around the fields of Ethanry. Thank you very much. Christina Noble, thank you. We love you. Thank you for being you. Thank you. God bless you, Susan. And all my love to Australia and New Zealand. I love you. <laughs> to find out more about CNCF, go to our website at dubaii1038.com forward slash Dubai Today and you can connect with them there. And there's their Facebook page as well, explaining how you can get involved with their projects and offer your support. 
Stay with me as we move through to the second hour. It's The Animal House with Dr. Lucinda Natras from DKC Veterinary Clinic and Todd Carson, Managing Partner of Dubai Kennels and Cattery. Send your questions in on 4001. Anything to do with your pets and I'll be back in a few moments. <laughs> 